Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name, my name is... Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Well, you look pretty tanned. Are you tanned? Yeah, well, I've got some tan parts. I've got some beet red burnt parts, and then I've got some still bleach white parts. I got a little, uh, it's a little bit of a Neapolitan thing if I were to walk around naked. Would Neapolitan be, oh yes, that is brown, white, and red. I like it. Nice, Cody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you know that Neapolitan ice cream is like the favorite ice cream of most South Africans? I did not, but now I do. Because it's, Our, you know why? No. I have no idea. Because we only get, when growing up in South Africa, we really only had three types of ice cream. Vanilla, chocolate, and Neapolitan. So Neapolitan was the only type of ice cream you could get that you could get strawberry ice cream. Really? You couldn't get, they didn't supply just strawberry on its own? That wasn't a thing? Nope. Huh. Oh, and rum and raisin was another was another flavor, and I don't understand why people eat rum and raisin ice cream. It's gross. That's really weird. How there's three kind of I don't want to say bland, but like three kind of very very common ones, and then boom, the only other option is rum and raisin. <laughs> At least that's what I remember from my childhood. Right? I don't remember right. anything else. Yeah. That happens. Well, welcome back from Belize. Did you did you manage to catch all the fish that you wanted to catch? No, not even remotely. What? No, we caught fish. We had a blast, and there was fish. Um, I'd never. I had uh, saltwater fly fished one time, very amateur ish, um, in uh, Baffin Bay down in Texas. Caught a couple of reds. Um. It's just, it's hard. I mean, like, honestly, like, there was probably 50 anglers went through camp while we were there. And it's a cool place. Quick, quick plug for El Pescador Lodge in uh, on Ambergris Cay in Belize. Phenomenal place to go saltwater fly fishing. But of those 50 anglers, 
on your last night, they do a pin ceremony where they give you a pin for each of the three species, bonefish, tarpon, and permit that you're going after. We caught some barracudas. We caught some snapper. Um, Avery caught a Spanish mackerel, but those were all, I mean, they were like mistakes. That's not what we were going after. Um, and they give you a pin. And of those around 50 anglers, probably one, one caught all three while he was there. Um, wow. Now, don't don't take that. That, is, that was not El Pescador's fault. A little bit of a weather thing, very cloudy while we were there. So the sight fishing was next to impossible. Um, and then it's just hard and it's, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing, you know, it's, uh, and I was not good. Did you hook into any topping? I did. I did. And about the first three hours I hooked into, um, what I, that, I mean, the guide said a solid 55, 60 pounder. Um, there was a long and arduous fight that lasted about eight seconds before I, he jumped they tell you explicitly when he jumps, get the pole tip down. So I raced it as high and as far behind me as I could. Just like, pan, just like, oh shit. And I, I watched the fly pop out of his mouth, this big green fly pop out of his mouth and fly at my head when I did it. Um, and then a couple others that struck and I didn't get the hook because it's a strip set, um, which I've, you know, kind of... It's somewhat similar to streamer fishing trout. Um, a lot of a lot of hard, hard, hard stripping. Um, anyway, I, I wasn't good at it. El Pescador is a phenomenal place. I had chances at all three types of species. Caught quite a few bonefish, um, and uh, had a great time. Belize is wonderful, and I will go back to El Pescador um, just because of the people and the fishing and the scenery. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to do a little things a little differently today. We don't have many um, discussion topics, really, uh, because we've got a lot of stuff happening. And I thought that this would be an opportunity to catch up on a bunch of things that have been happening around the Blood Origins world. And we are halfway through the middle of June, so we want to give a big plug for our supporters program. And what I thought is that I'd go through the supporters uh, that are being put up on the on the mantle essentially for June that you can win for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. And it doesn't just, you know, don't just do it. Don't just support us because you want to win stuff. Granted, that's why a lot of people sign up. Okay. We get it. But there's also a bigger reason here in terms of what we do every day. And this week specifically, I know that you've been out in Belize, but we have been punching way above our weight class in the last week. We punched a bunch of people in the mouth that had that real Tarzan guy. We keep punching him. He keeps posting stuff. 6.1 million followers. And then yesterday, the Wildlife Planet or Planet Wildlife that has 4.1 million followers, something went on there because they don't ever post about hunting. And they posted a huge expose about trophy hunting. Selling t-shirts to then raise money to then send to charities and nonprofits that are against trophy hunting. And obviously, we jumped on there, and we punched, and we punched, and we punched. And lo and behold, the post is gone today. And the link to the t-shirt sales is gone today. Yeah, that's the fun part. That's the fun part when you see um, 
fruits of the labor that quickly and that fast. It's something that the internet and social media allows. Um, I'll say this, I'll say this out loud. I've always questioned that group. Um, I've wanted to dig deeper. Um, and, and some of the things that they do to me really look like someone's trying to get rich on the back end of that thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun when they come out and do things and say things and, uh, they're just wrong. You know, they're not, they're not telling, they're not telling the actual facts or they're flat out lying. So big week for us. Yeah, the transparency, the financial transparency part is is very interesting in that you just don't know where your money's going there. You just don't know where it's going, like what's happening to it. Um, so yeah, back to the supporters program, support us. And yes, you can help us continue the fight, but you can also win a bunch of stuff. And so up this this month, we have a bunch of really cool items. The first one is by uh, Varga. It's a custom handcrafted knife maker out of Minnesota. And you're going to be eligible to win a custom knife. That knife is going to be the choice of blade types. He's got these three blade types called Gary, Frecky, and Nesmuk. I guess they're like um, maybe Inuit names, maybe. Uh, you get a choice of wood types, light or dark, and then you get a choice of blade treatments, hammer marks, patina, etchings. And I know exactly how much these knives cost because I have just ordered three of them, one for my boys each and one for me, sort of a son-dad kind of deal in terms of Father's Day. Right. And they're 300 bucks a piece. Uh, it comes with a sheath, a uh, beautiful uh, leather sheath. And so you can win that uh, 300 bucks for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. We have uh, some seasoning powders from Musket Powder Seasoning Company. A guy called Ward Hegler is the owner of that company. Very good friend of ours. He was actually the first uh, company that we brought on board on the supporters program. So big shout out to Ward uh, for jumping on the bandwagon really early. And you can get three seasoning packs. I think it's worth uh, 20 bucks with shipping. Uh, and he'll ship uh, in the US. He does not like me shipping it internationally for him. So we'll just keep that one local to the US. Um, here's the other big one on the, on the ticket. There's lots of big ones, but I'll say another big one is the Montana Knife Company. So the Montana Knife Company has come out of nowhere over the last year and is creating some beautiful knives out of Missoula, Montana. And um, if you know anything about the Montana Knife Company, when they drop a knife, they dropped this knife that we have, this limited run Blackfoot knife. They dropped it last night. I think they dropped 350 knives last night, Cody. Guess how long it took for them to be sold out. I've, I've, well, I have no, I'm, I, I don't want to guess on this one, but I've watched them go, you know, in a, in a matter of minutes before that quantity type of knives has gone with them. They make incredible stuff um, and have just an insane following. And they've really discovered a great way to do it in, hey, this is how many we have. This is when you're going to get them. Um, you know, logistically, it's probably a great thing for them because they just make a batch of knives and they ship a batch of knives and they make a batch of knives and they ship a batch of knives. Not, not sitting on a lot of inventory. How long did it take? 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But they held one back, right? They held one back and we have it. So again, a $300 knife. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, uh, we're going to try and do an Instagram live with Montana Knife Company maybe next week and uh, talk about that Blackfoot. Uh, we have three discount codes, one specific to Africa with Backcountry Africa. You can get a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's almost like an all gear shop for Africa uh, knives, 
Nexus bow, uh, Nexus uh, arrows, Oscut broadheads, Quattro stabilizers for bows. Uh, we have a discount code for Australia and New Zealand supporters, Wildfire Seasonings. Uh, Ken Mulligan is the owner of that company. And then we have a, a worldwide discount code for children's books, hunting children's books with smile outside. Uh, we have our year-long digital membership to Hunting Fool that I actually uh, am a part of. I work with Hunting Fool and we uh, send in applications around the West. Uh, I am not successful yet this, <laughs> this season, uh, but that is no fault of Hunting Fool, but rather my limited number of preference points. Um, Tactic Calories is another seasoning company. We have no idea what they're going to send you. Casey Bard is running a phenomenal ship there. And if you've seen any of the, the, the Tactic Calorie seasonings they have, like this, it, my wife loves it because my wife has a PhD in 18th century Gothic literature. It's got all these like skeletons cooking over campfires and right. almost, you know, blood coming out of them and stuff. Um, and he said he'd just send a variety of seasonings and spices and sauces. So who knows? 120 bucks worth of sauces, 150 bucks worth of sauces. Well worth it. I guess, yeah, well worth. I guess June is the knife month. We have another knife giveaway, uh, plus some swag just for Australian and New Zealand followers. Um, I have to check on that. I think he said he could, he would do international, but they're out of Australia. They're veteran hunts Australia. They're a group of veterans that are taking veterans hunting in Australia. They love what we do, and he's got a, a Robert Herbert blade, a helium custom knife uh, that he's putting up. I think that's a $400 US dollar, uh, Aussie dollar uh, knife. And then last but not least, a guy that we've had on the podcast before, Joshua Kwong. Um, and he has given us a two-man half-day quail hunt in the state of Mississippi. He has a, a put-and-take quail place outside of Oxford. Phenomenal little place. Uh, for those of you listening to us in Mississippi, go you know, show Joshua some, some business and some love. It's a great little place. Well worth the money. You can shoot uh, 12 birds each, um, and they'll give you some really delicious lunch at the same time. Very cool. I think that's it. All for, all for the low, low price of a minimum of $3. That's what we're asking. Obviously, we'd love for you to uh, you know, bump it to 5 10 whatever you can, but uh, it's what keeps us going. It's very cool. It, it's a very cool situation. In my mind, what we've done with that supporters program, because it, it allows us to stay neutral. It allows us to be supported by the people instead of supported um, in a controlling way. By one, We have a lot of corporations that help us. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Um, but that supporters program is what allows us to, to turn down an offer from someone that doesn't abide by the blood origins uh mission that doesn't that if, if the blood origins mission isn't the top priority um we're not going to partner with someone um and the supporters program is what keeps the lights on um as we tell people we're not going to do it the way that they want us to do it don't get me wrong again i want to re restate a lot of corporations support us just to support the blood origins mission but we have had we have we have told people no because they they want to kind of own us and guide us and 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 affect our messaging and affect our mission and uh you guys you guys in the supporter program are what give us the ability to keep the lights on as we 
turn a big check down as a nonprofit. It's a weird situation to do that, but that's what we do sometimes. Yeah. And you do not like that as the money guy. I, you know that I support it and, and I don't <laughs> want, I don't want us to change that, but I do usually make some attempt to debate with them and say, but can we do it this way? Cause I want that that's check right. to keep, keep things going. But, uh, no, it's uh, the supporters program is phenomenal, and it's um, it's rapidly um, but not rapidly. It it's our number one most consistent and and uh, reliable funding source for us to do the things we do. Yep. Well, talking about uh, asking them to do something a little different, you know, out of those conversations where we're like, well, you know, that just doesn't fit what we're looking for, we created the conservation club. And essentially, the Conservation Club is the supporters program for companies. And there are a lot of people listening to this podcast that run their own companies uh, who work in the outdoor industry or outdoor industry space. And what we have done, the Conservation Club really is very straightforward. It's the supporters program without the giveaways. It allows companies to get behind Blood Origins. We have varying tiers of support. Um and very cleverly came up with calibers of rifles to monetize the tiers. I'll take that one. Thank you very much. Yeah, I like how you say very cleverly about your own ideas. It was a very clever <laughs> idea. Well, then was I was very telling idea. the truth. Then. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, and I think those companies, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm excited about the, con the Corporate Conservation Club. And, and like you said, it was... Uh, we had some companies that uh, wanted to come in and give us a give us a donation, keep the wheels turning around here, get that tax deduction. No doubt, we're okay with that being a uh, motive as well. We are a five hundred one c three, and you know that and the didn't want anything to do with the giveaways or didn't want to give us a giveaway. The CEO didn't be the one to be the one to do it, so we kind of formed. Um, the Corporate Conservation Club, just a good, solid way for companies that want to support us to go in there and give us a, a reoccurring amount. You go right to bloodorigins.org and there's a red button right there at the top of the screen for the Conservation Club. Go check it out. If you own your own business or you're part of an organization, you know, go for it. We, uh, we have some founding members. Are, are the founding members up on the website yet or any of them starting to be populated? I don't think they're up yet. Yeah, we've right? got two founding members. Yeah, we've right. got two founding members, Spartan Precision Bipods out of the UK and Montana Knife Company. And yeah, so we're looking for founding members. Exactly. With uh, more to come, there's more companies that we're in discussions with that right now, just figuring out a, uh, figuring out a dollar amount. Um, but a uh, very cool little program that, again, like our supporters program, um, those people are the, the 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 conservation club people really are doing it because they believe in our mission. I mean, they're going to get a logo and a link on our webpage, um, but that reoccurring money um, makes it so much easier for us to not um, sell out. I guess is the only is the only term that you can use, 100%. and I'm not not calling anyone that is sponsored big by a corporation, a sellout. It's just, we're not going to let that corporation affect our messaging. And I have that awkward, I have that awkward. I'm very, very, I make a point in every conversation with corporate partners to say, look, 
whatever we do here doesn't get you the right to tell us anything about what we're going to say because we're, we're going to take the stance and inform people on the issues that, that we feel is right. And um, so shout out to those corporate conservation club members and the more that are going to come give us, if you have any questions, just go to the website and shoot us an email and we'll get them answered for you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, at the time of recording this, this podcast, Father's Day is in front of us, but when the podcast drops, Father's Day will be behind us. Um, you have any big plans for your Father's Day? Um, actually, no. In fact, we'll have will not be with my father or have any kids or stepkids with me. Um, you know, there'll be phone conversations and text messages, and and uh, so not uh, not great big plans. Um, but it's definitely a. Uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great holiday. I think, um, I've always had this, uh, I'm going to get my ass in trouble right here. I've always had this thought that, I mean, Mother's Day is, if you go into a store, Mother's Day is a much bigger deal, right? Like you can walk into a grocery store and there'll be Mother's Day balloons and flowers and baskets. And then there'll be like, there'll be like a sale on hammers or something for Father's Day. Um, but (laughs) No, I, I don't have any big physical plans, but I am excited it's coming up. My, my kids are coming out the following week to spend a week out here with us in Colorado. So that's kind of schedules didn't allow for it to happen on that day. Um, mm-hmm. But a week after they will be arriving and we're going to Colorado it up. You? Well, this will be the first Father's Day that I, I don't have a father. Um, right. So that's, uh, you know, will be a little bit emotional, I guess, on Sunday. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a funny memory in that he always would call me out because it's not Father's Day in Australia. Right. <laughs> and so there was a different Father's Day in Australia. And so when I forgot about Father's Day in Australia, I'd get like a text message on the Monday or something like that. And he goes, did you forget about your father? You know, it was Father's Day yesterday. You know, I guess I don't mean much to you. <laughs> right. That's excellent. I was like, shit, man, I got to keep up with two Father's Day every year. Come on, man. Right? Give me a break. He actually, I, it actually, um, go ahead. He should have played both. Well, I just saw. He shouldn't have told you that. Oh, no, he definitely played both. That he should have told, shouldn't have told you that America's, America's version wasn't one. He shouldn't have said that. He should have played both and expected something from you both times. You know how on Facebook you get those like pop-up memories, right? Yeah. So today I've got one that says two years ago today. And it's a picture of his ass on a buffalo with white sneakers and a white shirt. And he's 16 years old and looks like a freaking 25-year-old man. No, well, I've actually, no, I've no seen freaking that. camouflage, no nothing. I've seen that picture. It's an incredible picture. And so I said this. I said, I cannot say enough about this man. All of the characteristics that I uphold as a father. Um, Anyway, that was what I said before. And then I I guess I copied it a year later. And I said, I'll let uh, Carol Kroger see this because my dad, one, is not on Facebook. And number two, doesn't recognize this as Father's Day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, man. So, but we do have something extra special on Father's Day. And if you haven't seen it yet, 
uh, I would suggest you go to Blood Origins. Uh, you can go to Blood Origins YouTube or you can go to Blood Origins Instagram or Facebook and find the link to the YouTube page. But we dropped a very special Father's Day video, which is Mike Hairston. Uh, Mike Hairston is the father of the late Jason Hairston and is the grand grandfather to Cash Hairston. Now he's obviously grandfather to Coco as well. But from a, you know, a, a male perspective, his video is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I have I I spend a lot of time talking to our kids here that about I don't like favorites, right? They're they're big on what's your favorite of everything. Like what's your favorite rock? What's your favorite car? What's your, that's everything. And I'm I'm gonna hesitate slightly to say. It's my favorite Blood Origins episode ever because I could then go maybe watch another one and change my mind, but it's very, very close. Mike said, incredibly well-spoken dude that I've had the honor of sitting at several dinner tables with, um, tending some banquets with. Just a, one of those rare, you know, intelligent, compassionate, but incredibly hardcore. Um, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. adjective for Mike. And, um, you know, I, I know stories from people that will hunt me into the ground as well as drink me into the ground who've been in camp with Mike and can't figure out when he ever sleeps, but he out hunts them the next day as well. Um, just a genuine, a genuine hardcore guy who's so full of knowledge, um, about so many things, but the, on the traditional archery side, I don't know anyone that is better as well as knows the facts and the knowledge and the history and the mechanics and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, genuinely a truly compassionate, intelligent person too. So hopefully you, you go and check out Mike's episode because it's a, it's a powerful, powerful thing and makes you, uh, you know, it makes you think. I, I love the episodes that make me think. I love the episodes that make me go, shit, I, I, I should be more like that, right? Like that's, you know, mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. still learning at my, at my age and watching Mike's episode is good for that for just about anyone, in my opinion. Yeah, and just a little bit of uh, behind the scenes knowledge that a lot of people ask for, but you never get to see. So we filmed Mike Hairston's episode probably two years ago at this point. Um, and we filmed it at Civilware's headquarters. So Jeff Rowley's headquarters in Los Angeles, California. There's a big bison skull behind Mike. I don't know if you get to see it because we shoot so tight. Um, and we pretty much just sat him on a bar stool. And 45 minutes later, we were done. And as you said, it was... It, he was a he was a little he was a he was one of the tougher nuts to crack from me from an interview perspective but and he acknowledged it like in the beginning he is like you know what are you going to ask me and i said no don't worry we'll we'll get there we'll get there mike he was like well you know i you know i get I, I tend to um what did he say i tend to be a, a tough nut I, I, essentially he might have even said I, I might be a tough nut to crack and i said okay we'll see we'll see and uh i'm telling you when i sent him the episode he called me back immediately and he was like i don't know how you did it like i don't know how you did it and then 
I thought that was the end of it. We had a good conversation. I hung up the phone and he literally called me every day for three days telling me, oh man, I watched it again and I saw something else and I felt something else. And, and you know, I, I remember saying this and I remember saying that. And it's just an honor, man. It's an absolute honor. And given the fact that we have captured Jason's story as well. So we have Jason's story and we have Mike's story. And shit, what, what legacy um, pieces that we have, right? No, absolutely. I'm sitting here thinking about, I, was, I wasn't there when you filmed Mike, but Mike's, uh, he's kind of falsely intimidating in the beginning, right? Like he just has, oh, a, he's, just, sure. he's just a chiseled face, doesn't, doesn't walk around overtly smiling, not because he's unhappy, it's just not, his face doesn't sit in a smile. Um, then when you talk to him, He's actually, I mean, he's a pretty fun, you know, it, it, he's not a stoic, quiet jerk. He's, he's a fun, he can be a fun and social guy. But that first time you meet him, you're like, oh, I'm, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to make this guy mad at me, which is not mm -hmm. the way he really is. I'm just saying that's his, the initial impression is he's a guy that uh, is a little bit intimidating or stoic. So I bet it was at least a bit of work. I also bet he didn't mess up a lot. Am I right or wrong there? Like I bet once oh, he got going, yeah, once he got, once, once you asked the question and he figured it out, he wouldn't be the guy like me that would screw it up 14 times and, and have to, and make you stop and, and start over and those kind of things. I bet Mike, once he, once he opened his mouth, it came out perfect the first time around. Yeah. But we don't get a lot of that. It's it you'd you'd find it very interesting. I can't remember an episode where someone messed up because that's the beauty of what we capture. We're just capturing someone talking, and you can't really mess it up, right? It's not like they're scripted. It's not like they've remembered what they want to say. It's really a conversation that we're just capturing on camera. And I guess the mess up would be they said something that we never used. Well, so I, I've seen when I, when I say mess ups, I mean like. Uh... Well, another Mike, Mike Axelrod, also same kind of person, like everything I just said. But what I'm talking about, like when you're just trying to get Mike Axelrod to say his name, right? We use it in our podcast intro. He says, I'm whatever he says. And you said, do it again. And he says, yeah, I hated it too. I don't think Hairston's that kind of guy, right? It's, not, it's no knock on Axelrod. It's not the way I'm intending it. But anyway. <laughs> Mike's a, no, uh, Mike was very blocky. He was very blocky in his answers. Yeah. You know, he was, he knew exactly what he wanted to say. And once he had finished saying it, he looked at me and goes, next question. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's difficult for an interviewer because you want like that flow, you know, you want to, you, right. you sort of play off one another. Um, but no, it turned out beautifully. And I hope everyone loved it. Uh, do us a favor, share it, amplify the voice. And that's what we do terribly as hunters is we never share good content. We don't even think about it. But the antis, they think about it. They love it. They share the shit out of things. We need to share the shit out of things. We need to share the shit out of Mike's episode. Mike Hairston's episode is an episode that non-hunters need to see to understand 100%. that intelligent, compassionate, intellectual people do this thing with a, with, with a, with a sincere motivation. So like he said, share it around the world. Um, okay, let's talk about some conservation projects that we have coming down the pipeline. I saw some content this week that is 
absolutely mind-blowing and i shared it with you yesterday dude when i watched some of that content i was jacked up holy smokes you shared a lot of content with me yesterday what are you talking about you're talking about the africa stuff <laughs> i'm talking about success untold so that's a conservation project a conservation documentary that we're coming uh you saw the bits you you saw the intro to that right right so that's one of our conservation documentaries um we showed you, I showed you the intro to Everyone Deserves to Play, a conservation project we funded last year. That was so good. I was partially pissed at you for just sharing the intro, which I, I, know, I know that's what you have right now, but like that was, the, <laughs> that was the worst I've ever been cliffhangered. I'm like, holy crap, I want to see the rest of this right now. That was insane. It's almost, it, when I watched it, I was like, we shouldn't release this. We need to put it on the films. We need to put it on the film festival circuit. Yeah. It is that good. No, it, it, it is. The intro is, which is all I've seen, but the intro is definitely that good and that cool of a project. I don't know if you noticed it on that specific intro. What we did was you didn't hear it. You didn't, there wasn't a single mention of hunters or hunting. Right. I noticed that. Purposely so. Um, the other project that, uh, one of the big projects that we have, uh, we're starting to sink our teeth into is uh, we've always had this desire to get into the American bison conservation game. And we started making some moves this week. Uh, Blood Origins joined the National Bison Association. We felt like we needed to support the National Bison Association because we want to work with bison. We want to support them in some sort of conservation capacity. And so we did the right thing and we supported the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. We sent a couple of emails. Let's see what we get back. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, one, that's, that's one that's been kind of... Uh... You know, one that I can't get my mind off of, that project, um, and I, in no way have I ever knocked Fish and Wildlife um, for the fact that they are doing some culling of bison in certain locations. It's, it's, what, it's what they need to be doing. Um, but when you have excess bison here in, in, in location A, and there's people in location B, C, D, E, F, and G that want bison. Um, and don't get me wrong. I know someone's going to listen to this and go, you don't know the complicated logistics of moving bison and brucellosis and blah. I do. I do, actually. I probably know as much about the process as anyone that's not professionally involved in the process. Um, I know it's hard. I know it's a big deal. Um, but when you have people that want them, you have the National Bison Association that set a goal um, of a million bison. I believe their million is North America. Um, and uh, you have people that want there to be more bison in certain areas. And then you have people over here that have too many bison. I think there's a private sector solution to that. I don't think tax dollars should go into it in a huge, heavy way. I think the government, the federal government is doing the right thing in the way they're handling it now. Um, I were, but we're light years in five weeks of, of having this discussion, we're light years from zero to, uh, get an actual program up and running to support current initiatives, um, have some really cool funding options in place. And, uh, I, I think that went, I mean, to me, that's the American, the iconic American animal really. Um, and 
to see hunters come together to uh to grow that population towards that goal of a million animals is um it's something i'm really really excited about i think that would be an incredibly cool project not if but when we pull it off exactly not if but when um there is one topic that i will bring up but i do not think that we need to discuss it because it's just one i think it's way too political and two i don't know much i don't know all of the facts i haven't dug in all into all the facts and i don't like to talk about something unless i know a lot about it um we mentioned on the last roundup we had an article i put an article on there about texas cwd deer and it came out of the huffington post and you and anna were like oh that or not you but anna was like i think that's a hoax and at the time we couldn't find anything about it like nothing there was no other articles and it was you know a little strange well, strangely enough, coincidentally enough, the very next day, because we record this on a Wednesday, the very next day on a Thursday, I get a DM on, on Instagram about Texas CWD. I'm like, this is strange. Anyway, he sent me a bunch of emails. It turns out that there is some CWD and some breeding facilities in Texas, uh, I think in Uvalde County. And there is... There is let me be as Mississippi as I can, is fixing to be a brouhaha when it comes to Texas CWD deer. And they said, excuse me, that was a burp on a podcast. Dang, Kroger. No. My father would not be impressed. No. Um, and it tends to be two factions that are coming out. There's obviously the Texas Breeders Association, and then there's a coalition of scientists and texas parks and wildlife people and conservationists and whatnot anyway that's all i want to say about it i don't know if you have anything to say about it i, I you know i don't have a position one way or the other because i don't know all of the facts i do know that cwd is is a major major issue we said that on the last roundup it's nothing to be played with it's something that needs to be nipped in the bud as soon as possible uh how you go about it i think is the issue at stake uh in this deal in texas um so we'll just let it play out and see what happens i think i think the whole deciding factor in two sentences is this absolutely this cwd needs to be nipped in the bud by no means can it be politicized as an excuse to go after the deer breeders period that's it's and i will 100%. Third sentence, I lied. Some of the people involved are using it as an excuse to attack the breeders. It's, it's, and the, the two things aren't tied together. It's like saying some police officers do bad things, defund all police officers. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no logic behind it. It's being politicized. So it's an important issue, needs to be taken care of. It's not a reason to attack an entire industry that has done wonderful things for lots of people and animals. Agreed. Okay. The last topic is my topic and it's an apology. And I've been thinking long and hard about this. And you were out in Belize when I decided what I was going to say for the talking head last week. And I filmed it. I actually filmed it twice. The first one, I was incredibly pissed off. I deleted the video. The second time I was still pissed off. I wasn't as pissed off. And I aimed my vitriol 
at the majority leader of the Senate of the state of Connecticut, a guy called Senator Bob Duff. And the attitude that I brought to that video and the demeanor that I brought to that video was wrong. And I need to apologize for it because that's not what Blood Origins is. That's not who I am. I'm not a confrontational guy. I'm a guy that wants to educate people. And as such, I think I need to apologize. And I am apologizing to the senator, Senator Bob Duff. And that is not the way to get things done. That's not the way to... to to find a compromise. That's not a way to educate him to the things that we know and hold true, which is, the, you know, the benefits of hunting and the benefits of, of, of what hunters are doing for wildlife. I can see someone watching that video, one of his staff members, even him himself and going, who's this guy calling me out the way that he's calling me out. And that's not going to get number one. It's not going to get me a podcast with Senator Bob Duff. He's not going to want to do that. And in the future, where I think we're in the position already, but in the future, we'll be in a greater position to have more influence on these politicians in that we could possibly have face-to-face conversations with them, possibly have podcast conversations with them. And if the, if the word on the street is that this guy gets mad at what we're proposing, that's not a way to create dialogue. So that is an apology from me. And I want you, Cody, and I want the community of Blood Origins to hold me to it and hold me to the fact that, you know, we, the invite is still there for them and their staff to come to Africa. We will take them. We have people ready to take them, to show them the benefits of hunting, to educate them to the benefits of hunting. It may not change their mind, but at least we can try and we can do it in a way that we know represents us and represents who we are as hunters. And we're not angry, you know, chest beating, throw our hands in the air, raging individuals. We are very measured in how we speak to people, how we engage with people. So that's what I wanted to say. Okay. So here's what I want to say. I don't have any disagreement with anything that you've just said. I've always, um, I've, I've even been accused of not being passionate enough about causes because I work so hard to stay calm and win the debate literally as opposed to just forcibly causing the other person to submit. Um, and I think everything that you just said is just right. I also think that anyone would be out of their minds to think that that wasn't just a very, very unique and individual instance of frustration leaking out. Um, and with, without causing any harm to what you just tried to do, he's a frustrating, he's a frustrating man in, in that it's a mission of his to not listen to facts, not converse with people that have differing opinions. And sooner or later, because he's a legislator, right? If Bob Duff was just had the exact same mission that he has, but was just a social media guy, we could just ignore him when he didn't listen to anything that anyone else was saying. 
but he's a legislator. He's actually changing things, right? He's someone that if if we, and I don't mean blood origins we, I mean the world hunting community we, don't continue to push for him to listen to us. He's going to he's going to make the two videos that you talked about the success untold and the everyone deserves to play one time success stories that we're not going to be able to duplicate in the future. And that's why I don't I, I think you're right. I I you and I have had conversations in the past where I've been like, hey, we, we got to deal in the facts. And and you've done the same to me when I get riled up. We we work very hard to do that because we know it's the best way to have a discussion or a debate on an issue. Um, but when you have a lawmaker, I mean, and, and, a, and, and the most powerful lawmaker in the Connecticut Congress, um, mm-hmm. who's, who's making laws, like what, like, what do we do when he won't listen? You know, I mean, what, what do we do? How, how long do you stay nice? And, and how long do you let it go on while, you know, and, and he, he's implementing laws that if they're to spread across the United States, will literally defeat John X's ability to take care of the Carlisle boarding school. Mm-hmm. It will. It will eliminate it. So when do you... No, I look. I want to drive up there and not be mean, not be angry. I'm not talking about January 6th at the Capitol. I'm talking about knocking on his door and I'll have, you know, I'll put pants on for the first time in six months or whatever and look presentable and have a conversation. But, but... That's what he's going to do. He's going to he's going to make those kids at the Carlisle school and the kids at the Sun school not have any money to eat and go to school anymore. That's what he's going to do. That's the repercussions. So so what what do you do? Sit and stay nice and you know use the Robbie Kroger over the top manners and respect method that he's not listening to. Um, again, you know that I agree with you that that's the way we should initiate conversations. Um, but this guy's really playing the 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 colonialism card and going to screw people's livelihoods up. So I, I don't know when. Well, I think you're right. Look, there's. There is a listening issue here, but I think it, it, I'll bring it back to this. I think if there was a smidgen of opportunity to listen, it's always going to resonate best in the way that we approach it, which is respectful and gentlemanly versus frustrated and aggression and, and aggressive. So to me, I'd rather always play that ground. And that's why I apologize because I didn't play that ground. And then to your point, like, what do you do? No, no. You've been playing that ground with him for six months. You've been playing that ground with him for six months. It's like if you're at a person's house, and I know know exactly how well-mannered both your boys are. I'm just using an example. But if you're at a person's house, and your kid, one of your boys picks up a wooden spoon and starts beating it on the glass table, you ask him not to. Then you ask him not to again. Then you talk a little louder. 
And then maybe at some point physically you grab a hold of his arm and you take the spoon from him, right? I'm not I'm I'm not escalating to beating your children, but he he refuses to listen to the people whose lives he's affecting. And I am not talking about my ability to hunt Africa. I'm talking about the people of Africa's ability to feed themselves and and to manage their wildlife. And and I don't you know I agree with you. You know I agree with you that we don't you've watched me go for hours being nice on social media and then every once in a while I'm like I'm texting you in the background if I could get my hands on this guy that would be great but up front I'm being polite and and offering them facts and sooner or later on social media you're just like yeah not gonna win that one he won't listen but what do you do when they're a lawmaker when they're when they actually have the ability to affect this thing, I, I don't know. I I agree with you, but at the same time, you give me the go well, ahead. I think the, I'll drive um, to Connecticut. No, I think that it, it almost spurns me to think further outside the box. You know, who else could we have spoken to? Who else could we have sent an email to? Who else could we send some content to? Um. So I think that those are the kinds of things that we implement in our strategy moving forward. We're constantly learning. We're constantly growing. We're constantly evolving. And holy shit, we're constantly finding people listen to us. I like that that the statement that you made there. I will do the research and find some legislators in Connecticut, if I can, who are potentially opposed to this and maybe providing them facts and data and material that's an approach we've never really taken on and maybe that's a a route we need to try with connecticut is see if we can find someone up there who will who will make senator senator bob uh at least least hear what we're saying one of the other senators that speak with one of the other senators that voted yes and maybe convince one of them to come on the podcast but to my point, if they look at the video that I got frustrated at, and I'm going to leave it up, we're not going to take it down, but they look at the video that I got frustrated at and they gauge their potential to come on a podcast based on that, they may not do it because they may be like, well, this is just going to turn into a, a yelling fest. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying and... and- understand the respect and manners that you have but that they'd also be really really lazy because they could listen to any of the other nine thousand pieces of content that we've put out in the last four years and realize that that's not who we are that there was a moment of frustration so I, i i'm not disagreeing with you i am telling you if I had to pick someone for you to get a little hot-headed and frustrated with, <laughs> Senator Bob's the guy. Well, I appreciate it. Um, well, we're at the top of the hour, and uh, it was a little different of a roundup. Those that you have stuck with us, thank you. Join us. Become supporters. Companies, join our conservation club. Um, we've got some great content coming, as Cody and I discussed. It's really exciting times at Boat Origins. And, um, yeah. Any final words? No. 
Join the supporters club. If for nothing else, it uh, just makes my job easier. Well said. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.